G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. There has long been a deep Christian concern about developments in the rate of incarceration of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders in Australia. Well, since 1989, the imprisonment rate of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people has increased 12 times faster than the rate of non-Aboriginal people. Now there's a great development in resources for a Christian response. Prison Fellowship has been reaching Aboriginal inmates with the gospel via a specifically designed course. Glenn Fairweather is the General Manager of Prison Fellowship in Australia, and Glenn's joining us. Hi, Glenn. Welcome along to 2020. Thanks, Neil. Great to uh, be able to chat with you today. Glenn, when we think of prisoners, we're not always differentiating, but uh, give us an idea of the difference that you might notice uh, leading prison fellowship, reaching out to non-Indigenous prisoners and then those who are of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander background. What's the difference here? Oh, look, um, the, the obvious difference, I suppose, is, is those incarceration rates, which you've spoken about. And so in terms of just rural numbers, uh, Indigenous Australians are much more likely uh, to be imprisoned. In fact, in every state and territory jurisdiction, they are overrepresented compared to their numbers in the community. And so uh, there's there's a lot of a lot of statistics to about that. But I suppose um, our concern is, uh, yeah, those Indigenous men and women and young people in the prison system. And I suppose you know just um, culturally. Um, there's uh, a very different dynamic uh, as well. And so certainly um, it's true to say that Aboriginal men and women do engage in programs we already run, but we do notice that there is certainly cultural differences there. Most people would celebrate the idea that as prison fellowship, you'd have a particular program that you'd put prisoners through and, and that would be a useful thing in developing faith and understanding all sorts of issues regarding God, regarding uh, fellow people who are on the outside. But it gets more complicated, doesn't it, when you've got to specialise programs uh, for various cultural groups who are imprisoned. But that's what you've been able to do, and uh, give us some insight into how you're doing that with Indigenous Australians. Yeah, sure. So um, one of our core programs at Prison Fellowship is what we call the Prisoner's Journey, and many of your listeners might be aware of it. We've been running it for about four or five years. Uh, and um, if they're not aware of the prisoner's journey specifically, then they may well be aware of a program called Christianity Explored, uh, which is run widely in churches across the world. And uh, going back six or seven years now, Prison Fellowship internationally partnered with Christianity Explored to uh, create what they've called the prisoner's journey. Uh, really taking that fundamental course which examines who Jesus is, why he came, and uh, what that might mean for the for the hearer or for the person who's doing the course. And so we had this program developed, The Prisoner's Journey, uh, which uh, is 
uh, a great resource. It, it captures uh, stories of prisoners from around the world, in fact, um, who have had an encounter with Jesus and their reflections on that encounter and what their lives were like beforehand and then afterwards. And so Prison Fellowship in Australia running this course, um, I suppose we identified the fact, as, you, as we've talked about, there are cultural differences and there are uh, issues specific to uh, Aboriginal men and women. And so uh, we wanted to take this course and, uh, I suppose, um, modify it slightly, uh, still with the same great content, but make it culturally relevant as much as we could. Uh, I imagine for all of those Aboriginal heroes. When there are these cultural differences uh, in prisons, uh, you've got non-Indigenous and then Indigenous Australians, uh, I really imagine that it's your staff, it's your volunteers who have to go through all sorts of processes for understanding what those differences are. Uh, training your staff and volunteers is one of your big challenges, no doubt. Oh, absolutely. Look, um, uh, access into prison is not an easy thing to, to gain. And I suppose after almost 40 years, uh, Prison Fellowship has built up that trust and reputation in corrective service departments across Australia. Um, And we don't take that privilege for granted. Um, We very much um, see that access that we have uh, as a real blessing um, and as a real opportunity to uh, take the message uh, of the gospel into those places. Um, But... With that privilege, obviously, we want to ensure that we uh, we protect that well, and therefore our volunteers uh, do have to go through extensive training, uh, both with us and then also with corrective services. Um, so there is quite a lot um, that they need to be aware of in terms of the culture. Um, we point out that uh, when you enter a prison, um, you're obviously entering a secure facility. Um, you're entering the home of the, the prisoners. You're also entering the workplace. Uh, of the officers and so yeah there's a lot going on in that environment um, and rightly there needs to be a lot of uh, training that goes with that uh, and then equally uh, those volunteers who are running specific programs do additional training uh, in terms of how to facilitate those courses uh, inside prison. Glenn it's always amazing to me when I hear of the really high conversion rate that happens with prisoners uh, be they non-indigenous or indigenous but a lot of prisoners find faith in Christ when they're behind bars. Yeah that's true Neil um, and I suppose you know the statistics are um, unfortunately not easy to come by uh, those conversion experiences aren't necessarily uh, easily measured uh, but um, I suppose it would be true of most prisoners to uh, to say that uh, when you find yourself locked up in a cell, um, there's a lot of reflection that goes on. Um, and uh, obviously, um, there's uh, a time, uh, there's lots of time to think through um, you know, my life and, and identify the fact that what I've been doing to date has landed me here and therefore probably hasn't worked because no one desires... Um, when they're growing up to uh, to enter prison. Uh, and so um, usually at those low points um, where there's reflection, uh, there's often an openness to what else could be, uh, what what uh, other avenues there might be in life, what, um, what decisions have I made, uh, what things might I revisit. And so in that sense, I often say that prison ministry is perhaps almost easier than if you were uh, ministering uh, in the street, because um, you're 
uh, you're having interaction with people who are very receptive, very open uh, to what else their life could look like. Um, and we need to be very careful. Um, our volunteers are well-trained in terms of not forcing a message upon someone who's uh, not interested in hearing it. Um, you know, all of our uh, conversations and courses, etc., are all done in the context of building those relationships um, and responding to uh, prisoners' questions. And so uh, there's not a sense of proselytisation, but there is a sense of um, sharing openly what the volunteers believe and answering those questions where they might come uh, for the inmates. I know you'd be interested to talk to people who wanted to make it a project to research and do some study around conversion rates in prisons. And then, of course, what goes beyond that is what sort of a difference that a conversion to Christianity makes in prison to the idea of recidivism, the tendency for criminals to re-offend after they've been released from jail. And as uh, as I understand it, there's not a lot of research in that area, but there's a real wide-open opportunity there for someone wanting to take on this sort of project. Yeah, look, that's true also. Um, we have uh, lots of anecdotal evidence that would suggest that uh, those who have a genuine faith uh, experience in prison uh, whether that's a first-time conversion, whether that's returning to a faith that they may have held as a young person. Um, there's lots of anecdotal evidence that we could point to with our uh, volunteers as they work inside and outside prison walls uh, that would suggest that, uh, yeah, there, there is a significant difference that's made there to behaviour and therefore reoffending. Um, but, of course, uh, those statistics are not easy uh, to come by. Certainly, we can measure... Who, uh, who returns to prison, uh, and governments do that all the time, but uh, perhaps governments are less interested in terms of um, the spiritual or religious uh, aspects of, of those prisoners. So, uh, yes, if we can uh, find a way to do such research, that would be fantastic. So, Glenn, you've got Indigenous people, the numbers in our prisons much, much higher uh, than the non-Indigenous population. So those reasons, I imagine they're cultural reasons, there's all sorts of issues around substance and no doubt alcohol and uh, those sorts of things. Give us some insights here, though, as to how your early Indigenous uptake has been for this newly enculturated type of approach for uh, for Indigenous inmates. Uh, are they really receptive, given that there's some more cultural connections here? Um. Yes, I mean, this is a this is a course that we're literally is hot off the press, so we don't have a lot of um, direct feedback yet. Um, however, what we've done is work very closely with um, some excellent uh, people who have a very good understanding of uh, Aboriginal culture, um, of art uh, and symbolism in Aboriginal art, uh, etc. So, uh, a, a very experienced Bible translator by the name of Dave Glasgow. Uh, who works um, has worked a long time in mm. indigenous settings. Um, he, uh, in fact, had already overseen a translation team to uh, translate the Gospel of Mark, which uh, this course uses, uh, into simplified English for Aboriginal hearers. Um, and so, working with the Bible League, we were able to uh, gain access to that translation, uh, which was excellent. Um, again, as your listeners are probably aware, um, there are um, significant issues around literacy uh, with Aboriginal people and, and levels, low levels of literacy. 
Uh, and so uh, creating a, uh, or having a uh, version of the Gospel of Mark that uh, speaks clearly um, is really important. Uh, and then uh, we worked with an excellent uh, graphic designer um, who himself actually grew up uh, as a missionary kid in the Northern Territory uh, for many, many years um, uh, involved in that culture. Um, and he uh, is now a graphic designer and has a very good understanding of uh, Aboriginal symbolism and how you would represent uh, the gospel message. And so each of the eight sessions of the course uh, has uh, a specific artwork uh, that goes with it that graphically represents. So even those who may not even be able to read the simplified English version uh, would be able to look at the artwork and, and have a conceptual understanding of of each of the sessions as we go through, and the fact that, uh, or and what they talk about. Um, so yeah, we've we've sought to uh, make the course ex- as accessible as possible. Uh, for those who do the course. Well, Glenn, I know that listeners, some will be very excited about the idea that there is a more specifically targeted resource that's available and uh, that Prison Fellowship has been reaching Aboriginal inmates with the gospel via a specifically designed course. And uh, for those who would like to connect with Prison Fellowship, and no doubt you'd like to hear from people who would like to join Prison Fellowship and be a part of your team and maybe go through whatever training's necessary uh, to be useful in prisons in their particular area. Well, Prison Fellowship website is prisonfellowship.org.au. That's prisonfellowship.org.au. Glenn Fairweather is the General Manager of Prison Fellowship in Australia. Glenn, thanks so much for the update today on 2020. Fantastic, Neil. Thanks so much for the opportunity. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.